Hi, this is Jimmy and Karen Evans with Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to equipping families with the teaching and tools they need to succeed. And we hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more marriage building content. Now, today we're talking about the Spirit-Filled Spouse from the Spirit-Filled Marriage series. Karen, good to have you on the podcast. Good. Thank you so much. Now, this we have some questions here that we're going to answer, but let me begin by saying this is one of the most important teachings you'll ever hear on marriage. And when I teach when I teach this series, um, it transforms people, especially men. Uh, I'm going to talk about the role of husbands, uh, and and this is this is a teaching that every man needs to hear. I'm talking about the roles of wives too, but related to husbands, this is a, a very very impactful teaching. I've done this for 25 years to to men's groups and to churches. And it's a, a very, very powerful teaching. But we're going to, before we go to that teaching here in just a minute, Karen, I think you have a question, first of all. Yeah. This person's asking, I have the desire to be a godly leader in our home, but my wife is very opinionated about that process. How do I lead our family with a strong-willed wife? Well, together. It's just you have to you have to sit down and listen. Um, it, it should Neither one should dominate the other. Mm-hmm. If your wife is uh, strong-willed, when you say, I have the desire to be a godly leader in our home, you know, um, sometimes when when a man says, I want to be the leader of my home, sometimes that is a dangerous concept because, it, because when you say leader, what it means is, I want to be in control, you know. And he says, honey, I want to lead you. Well, she can hear that like, I want to control you. Um, in our home, we never talk about. It. I, I don't lead our home, mm-hmm. you know. Now, women want their husband to be the loving initiator of the well-being. Okay, that just means, honey, let's talk about our finances. Let's talk about the kids. Let's talk about church. Let's talk about that. But it, but it's not. I've been praying and I have a plan. I never do that to you. Mm-hmm. We we talk and and Jesus is the Lord of our home. He's he's the head of our home, mm-hmm. and you and I relate and we process things together. So. I don't know what his concept of leadership is, and it says his, his wife is strong-willed. I don't think I've ever met a woman that wasn't strong-willed or a man. Everybody has an opinion. But um, if you're trying to lead her uh, and she feels threatened by that, either because you're not listening to her or because maybe she feels as though you're being too aggressive, sit down, become a team, talk and pray, and don't don't bully each other. I have a question to you for you now. Okay. My husband doesn't respect my intuition. Everything has, everything has to be proved or disproved with facts. Any advice? Well, it sounds like this husband might be an analytical thinker, uh-huh. and he just thinks black and white. And you know, so you know, first of all, I would say you know, be careful that you're not making judgments about how he processes things. But the other thing is, you know, I do think it's important for you to learn communication skills. I mean, communication is key in any good marriage, and how we talk to each other and. And so, you know, for this situation, I definitely um, would just, you know, have a discussion outside of this, outside of this particular thing and just say, you know, I'm trying to you know, understand. You know, one of the things that helped you and, my, you and I later on that we were shocked if we'd only known before was the strength finder. You know, and sometimes yeah. we have different personalities and we don't understand each other. And yeah. sometimes you just might need another tool that says, let's find out how each other's thinking. Uh, the Clifton Strength Finders mm-hmm. is very helpful. Uh, you can do it online. Uh, it comes from Gallup, the Gallup organization. 
Uh, I also have a book with Alan Kelsey called Strength-Based Marriage. But the, but the Clifton Strength Finders really helps you understand each other. Yeah, he's, he's analytical. Uh, he's making a huge mistake not to, 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 you know, believe his wife's intuition. The thing is, Karen, you know, you, you have intuition and that I believe I respect. I don't always do every single thing that you feel, mm-hmm. but I respect your feelings. Well, and I think, too, as a wife, you have to give time, you know, in situations. Like, over time, you would see, oh, she was right. You know, and and so I don't—it's like the Holy Spirit—we're talking about the Holy Spirit here in our marriage, and the Holy Spirit doesn't enforce anything. And so as a wife, you can't enforce what you think is right. You have to trust God in this. And so, um, you know, just pray about it. And if if it's something that's important, the Holy Spirit can reach your husband's heart, too. Sure, absolutely. Well, we're going to go to the teaching now uh, on the Spirit-filled spouse, and I really do, again— now, maybe you're a woman and you're going to listen to this, which is great because it has a lot to say about you and, and your role in the marriage. But again, maybe your husband uh, is not listening to this. Have him listen to this. This is something, if, he, if he'll listen to it, it really will help him to understand his threefold role, um, Christ-like role in your home. So right now, uh, if you haven't subscribed, by the way, we, we hope you'll do that and uh, also leave us a comment. But here's the teaching on the Spirit-Filled Spouse. These are five things that women do for men that complete them and empower them. Number one is companion. Um, John 14, 16, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. So the Holy Spirit is our eternal helper. Well, men and women are different. Uh, the, the four main needs of a man is respect is number one, sex is number two, friendship with his wife is number three, domestic support is number four. Uh, friendship, a man wants to be buddies with his wife. A man wants to hang out with his wife. Now, when men are asked, who's your best friend, most men will say, uh, my wife. When women are asked who their best friend is, they'll say, Debbie. <laughs> and we kind of get offended over that. But, but we, we like to buddy up with our wives. I'd rather be with Karen than anybody. And so part of the, the, the blessing of having a wife is you have your best friend right there. And marriage is good. What, what, we fall in love having fun together. We, we fall in love hanging out. And part of the problem can happen is kids. I mean, you get married, you have kids, and you kind of get uh, lost in the role maybe of being uh, a mother rather than being a wife. And you stop being together, you stop having fun. I'm, I'm gonna say something to you. You're always at your best when you're having fun with your spouse. Your marriage is at its best when you're enjoying each other and having fun. When you stop having fun in marriage, it's a very dangerous thing. You need to find something fun to do. There's a pastor in South Texas that tells the story of a couple and their marriage was in trouble. And one day this man was going deer hunting and his wife didn't, didn't like to hunt, she didn't deer hunt. And she came to her husband and he was leaving the house and she said, honey, can I go with you? And, uh, and of course he wanted to be with her. I mean, that, that was his dream to be with his wife, you know, deer hunting or having fun or whatever. Of course, in the state of their marriage, he was a little bit concerned that she was trying to get him alone with a firearm. And, uh, <laughs> but it healed their marriage. She didn't want to go hunting. She didn't like to hunt. But she came into her husband's world. 
And she said, can I come and be with you? I'd rather be with Karen than anybody. I'd rather hang out with Karen than anybody on earth. She's my companion in life. That's what women are, companions. Number two, comforter. Um, the whole, Jesus said, I'm gonna leave and I'm gonna send you back another comforter, okay? Well, women are unbelievable comforters. There are several ways that women comfort men. One is physically and sexually, but also just affection. A woman's touch is the most comforting thing on earth to a man, to a child, to anybody. Women are anointed in this area, again, because it's your role. Let me, let me say something about the difference between men and women. Women are much more emotionally tough than men, okay? And, and this is, women don't get this. Women don't understand this. And we, men get upset, like when you're having a conversation and you're trying to talk something out with your husband, we get much more upset more easily than women do. Women can fight. Women can have just an emotional fight with another woman or something and their blood pressure doesn't go up and afterwards they're ready to go shopping. I mean, they're all good. Okay, they're just all good with that. Men, we're pulling knives and guns, we hate your guts. And so we, we don't do that. When a man's, this is research, when a man's blood pressure goes above 100, he can't hear. So when your husband's upset, you have a 0% chance of talking to him at that moment. You have to keep him comforted. I think you're a hunk, I think you're great. You know, if you're lying about the hunk part, Jesus will forgive you, and you say it anyway. But you have to keep him comforted. And the number one thing that comforts men is respect. When you're for me, I know you like me, I know you respect me, and that keeps me comforted. But women, women are there to comfort their husband. Doesn't mean you're not an equal, doesn't mean that you can't say whatever you wanna say. But you have to remember, if, it, you, if you keep upsetting your husband, if you physically withdraw from your husband and begin to talk to him in negative ways, you're doing the opposite of what you're called to do. That's another way to say it. Number three, role of women is counselor, spirit of truth. Uh, John 14, 17, John 16, 13, both call the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth. And I'm just saying, women are gifted with wisdom and, and intuition. Now, Karen would, uh, when we first got married, I, I called it nagging, you know, but it wasn't nagging. She was just sharing her opinion. Um, but Karen's wise. It took me a long time to figure it out because I just kept thinking she, she doesn't get it. She's not smart like I am. And she would say th something to me about people or she would say something to me about something that she felt and I thought, well, your feelings are your feelings. God bless you, you know, have a good day. But I'm not gonna base my life on your feelings. But then what I found out was a lot of her feelings were intuition and wisdom. And let me say this, I would never make a decision without Karen Evans because we, we are two halves of a whole. And when a man thinks, when, when a man devalues, see, the Holy Spirit speaks to us when we ask him to. If you, don't, if you don't want the Holy Spirit to speak to you, he won't. He won't intrude in your life. But if you go to the Holy Spirit and say, teach me how to be a husband, teach me how to be a wife, teach me how to do this, teach me how to do that, he's a talker. The Holy Spirit will teach you anything you wanna know. It's the same way with wives. A husband needs to let his wife know, I want you to tell me what you think. I value your input. It doesn't mean that, you're, that she's always right, but I'm telling you, women are spiritual. And women have a wisdom that men need to seek out. And in decision-making, when Karen and I make a decision together, we never make a bad decision. When I make decisions by myself, I make bad decisions. I need Karen, she, she's phenomenal as a counselor, as a, as a truth speaker in my life. Number four role of women is convictor. Um, this is John 16. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you 
But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. Well, the conviction of the Holy Spirit is sweet. It's not uh, you know, hellfire and damnation. It's sweet. It's specific. The Holy Spirit comes into our life and specifically tells us something that we need to change. And he helps us change. He doesn't nag at us. He doesn't threaten us or anything like that. But a 48-year-old married man has a 90% chance of reaching the age of 65. A 48-year-old single man has a 60% chance of reaching the age of 65. Men are safer and better with a woman next to them. You say, well, why? Because here's what wives do. Don't eat that. Don't eat, you're eating too much. Don't drink that. Don't watch that. Don't do it. You're speeding. Slow down. Cops around here speeding. And, and every husband knows you have the Holy Spirit with you always when she's there. <laughs> Convicting you. I'm not making eye contact with Karen right now. I'm looking over her head. All right. But not nagging. Not, but women are natural at that. And Karen saves my life. You know, and they go to the, you know, the pharmacy or the drugstore or whatever. And they come back with all these vitamins. And you know, I told them all your issues. And here, take this. And so, you know, it's keeps you alive. Number five, connector. The Holy Spirit is represented by a dove. It means peace. And this is John 16. When he, the Holy Spirit, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he will take of mine and declare it to you. Part of the the, the role of the Holy Spirit is to connect us to Jesus and God the Father. There's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're all co-equal and co-eternal. But part of what the Holy Spirit does is remind us of Jesus. So th- those are the five roles that the Holy Spirit plays in our lives and women are Holy Spirit-like. When you're being a good wife, you're acting like the Holy Spirit. Here's the nature of the Holy Spirit and wives when they're acting like the Holy Spirit. Number one is gentle. This is not a weak person. This is a powerful person who has the power to kill you, but they love you. This this gentleness here is power under control. This is not a mousy woman. This is a woman who believes that her God is powerful enough to change you. And so I'm not going to be rough with you. Gentle and quiet is the opposite of rough and loud. I'm not going to be disrespectful to you. I'm not going to be rough and loud with you because my God is able to change you. And I'm going to be like the Holy Spirit. Number two is pure. The nature of the Holy Spirit, the nature of wives. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit's first name is holy. And it just means he's never going to use a wrong method to try to produce a result. You know, nagging, uh, criticism, threats, punishment, withdrawal, anything like that is, is not going to happen. Number three is positive. The Holy Spirit is positive. He's like a cheerleader. And uh, Galatians 5.22, the, the fruit of the Spirit is joy. The Holy Spirit is joyful. Why is the Holy Spirit joyful? Because he knows it's going to be okay. The Holy Spirit's not negative because the result's going to be good. Why is the result going to be good? Because God is here. You know, why am I so positive? Because my God is able to overcome the challenges, the mountains, the giants, the problems in my life. And I'm not going to get down because my God is a great God. And so joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, being positive. Number four is patient. Uh, one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is patience. The Holy Spirit is committed to the long-term process of us becoming who we are. I want you to change, but you don't have to change completely today. I'm committed to the long-term process. The fifth is gracious. The Holy Spirit, gracious means treating a person better than they deserve. The opposite of that is performance. 
performance-based love. If you're good, I'm gonna treat you good. If you're bad, I'm gonna treat you bad. That's performance-based love. But the Holy Spirit is very gracious. He treats us better than we deserve. And even on bad days, he's a, he's a good God and treats us good. So the Holy Spirit, women are companions, comforters, counselors, convictors, and connectors. That's the role that they play. And they do it gently, in a pure way, in a positive way, in a patient way, in a gracious way. That's how God created wives to function. This is the role of husbands, the Christ-like. Women are Holy Spirit-like. Men are Christ-like. And here's Ephesians 5 where we're told this. Ephesians 5:25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water with the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. So it says, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And I want to stop right here and I want to say something. You know, uh, we, we all grew up in families and our families, we know all, every family is dysfunctional to some degree. And the Bible doesn't say love your wife as your, as your father loved your mother. The Bible doesn't say love your wife as your friends love their wives. The Bible doesn't say love your wife as you see people on TV acting. It says as Christ. No one ever accidentally becomes a Christ-like husband. The way that you become a Christ-like husband is to say to God, I want you to make me into a Christ-like man. And the standard that I'm going to live my life by is not comparing myself to other men or other people in my family. But the standard that I'm going to live my life by is I want to be like Jesus Christ. And I want to live, love my wife like Jesus Christ. That's the standard by which I love Karen, is not to justify any behavior based on what other people are doing, but to always try to be Christ-like. And that's what the Bible says. Let me finish by talking about the three offices. The, the anointing represents three offices in the Old Testament, prophet, priest, and king. And Jesus came as the fulfillment of Old Testament pro prophetic office, the priestly office, and the king. Jesus was the ultimate prophet, the ultimate priest, and the ultimate king. So when it says, husbands love your wives as the anointed one loves the church, in Ephesians 5 that we just read, it tells men how to be a prophet, a priest, and a king. Let me talk about these for just a minute. A prophet is responsible for accurately and faithfully delivering the word of God. That's what a prophet did. That's what husbands are supposed to do. That's what Jesus did, priests. They were intercessors between God and man to solve problems and to reconcile the relationship. A king was appointed by God to rule over the people as his representative. And here's how Jesus fulfilled all three roles. As a prophet, Jesus was the incarnate word of God. In Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said that it was more important, the word was more important than food. He lived the word before us and told us what God had to say. As a priest, Jesus healed sick people and compassionately did miracles. He even sacrificed his own life to make things right with God. He still intercedes for us before God and he is a sensitive and sacrificial priest. As a king, Jesus was a gentle and humble authority figure who washed feet and related on a personal level. His authority was different. It was for the benefit of others and not himself. So Jesus was the ultimate prophet, priest, and king. Well, here's how men are to be uh, prophet, priest, and king in their home. A prophet, husband, is a man who diligently seeks to hear God's voice and to know God's word for the benefit of his family. This includes living a life consistent with scriptural standards and values, but not legalism, nothing like that. This is Ephesians 5. Listen to what it says about husbands in the word of God. 
Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Men are supposed to be men of the word. And I mean, not, not legalistic, not authoritarian and dominant, but we're supposed to be men of the word. We, we're supposed to be men listening to God and, and hearing what God has to say for our family. It's not saying our wives don't hear God because we need to listen to what they have to say also. But it means we're supposed to be men of the word. Well, I was not. When Karen and I got married, uh, I was not a man of the word. And a week before we got married, I, Karen told me she wouldn't marry me because of how immoral I was. And I was very immoral. And 100% of my sex education came from very bad places. And I imported that into our marriage. And I thought that sin would spice up our lives. And Karen never went for it. Thank God I married a godly woman. But I was not a godly man. Sin, sin kills. And sexual sin kills. The best sex takes place in an atmosphere of righteousness. The number one thing that women are attracted to in men is character. Good character in a man is a turn on to a woman. Bad character is a turn off. And the lie the devil wants you to believe is that sexual sin will spice up your lives. It'll destroy your life. It'll destroy your marriage. It will destroy your family. It's a destroyer. The wages of sin is death. That's all it does. Jesus said the enemy only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so being a man of the word means your marriage is going to get better and better and your wife is going to blossom like a rose. It says that Jesus washes his bride in the washing of water with the word that he might present to himself a glorious church, a glorious bride. And that's what happens when you're a man of the word is it preserves and promotes the well-being of every aspect of your life and your marriage. Number two is a priest. A man who sensitively and sacrificially meets his wife's needs and helps her deal with spiritual, emotional, physical, family, and financial issues. And it says, husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. Let me talk again about sex for just a minute. And and that is, um, pornography objectifies women, makes them an object, and it de-emotionalizes them. And if a man views that and believes that that is the norm, he's going to reject his wife because women are emotional. And a wife, a woman has to be pastored. A woman's sexuality is not compartmentalized. Everything in a woman's life is connected to her sexuality. The broken washer, the tree in the backyard dying, her her mother's broken finger, the cat that's missing, all of that is a part of her sexuality. And so for for a righteous husband to enjoy sex with his wife, you've got to call somebody about the tree, pray for her mother's finger, get the washer fixed. You got you to take care of all that stuff. Okay. And at the end of pastoring your wife, you're going to get the response out of her that you're looking for. But it is absolutely a satanic lie to believe that any of those de-emotionalized, hypersexualized women exist in the real world. They don't. Number three is king. So we need to pastor our wives. Listen to her. Be sensitive to her the way you would your own body. Take care of her. And there's a big payoff for that. Number three, king. A man who is the servant leader of his home, treating his wife as an equal, and with the focus on her well-being, he is the initiator of decision-making and problem-solving without being dominant. Okay, so Ephesians 5, the husband is the head of the wife, is also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, 
So let the wives be their own husbands and everything. Well, men and women are completely equals. But it's saying here that men are the head of their wives. Yeah, great. You know, you know why, if you're a Christ-like man, no woman minds a Christ-like husband being her head. And the reason is, is because Jesus is a servant leader. Jesus got down and washed the disciples' feet. And Peter said, never, Lord, don't do this. And Jesus said, if I don't, if, you can't have any part of me unless you do this. And he said, in the Gentiles, they rule over each other, but not so among you. The greatest among you will be the servant of all. A Christ-like husband serves his wife. Hey, this is Brent Evans with Exo Marriage, and I want to thank you for listening to the Marriage Today podcast. We believe your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. If you enjoyed today's teaching and want to keep learning, hey, subscribe to the Marriage Today podcast and take some time to leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word and can encourage someone else in need. For more great marriage content, check out exomarriage.com where you can see all of our marriage building resources, articles, and live events.